The time is always right to do what is right. Martin Luther King Jr. Isn't that a great quote on today's coffee cup? The time is always right to do what is right. You know, shouldn't we all be living by that? You know, I, if I would have been home during Martin Luther King Day instead of being down in Las Vegas for the SHOT Show with Reflex Protect, I would have gone on that morning with this cup. But since I didn't get to go on last week, I thought, you know, I'm going to go on today with it. It's a great quote, you know, from a, from a great man. And it's something that we should all try to live by, right? The time is always right to do what is right. You know, I was practicing that down in Vegas. You know, I told the story the other day. I found that wallet at the Luxor when my wife and I went over there to see the America's Got Talent show that night after working at the SHOT Show all day. Now, if you didn't do what was right, you could have picked up that wallet, taken out the cash, and then turned the wallet in. Or you could have picked up the wallet, taken out the cash, and tossed the wallet back down on the floor. That's not what's right. What's right is to pick up the wallet, go turn it in, get the lady back all of her stuff. So, no, we need to practice this with little things, with big things, with everything. Because remember, it's not just do what is right. The time is always right to do what is right. That means we need to always be doing what is right. Pretty simple philosophy. You know, I, I just love the quote by Martin Luther King Jr. And, you know, that's what we need to always try to practice. Hello, Jeff. Good morning. Thanks for being on here. Jeff says, doing the right thing isn't always easy, but it's always the right thing. 100% agree with you, Jeff. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So, I just, it doesn't matter what it is. And we usually know what is right, don't we? We usually know what is right. You know, Jeff says he heard that from an Air Force Lieutenant Colonel, and it's always stuck with me. You know, you had a smart uh, commander there with that Lieutenant Colonel, that's for sure. And I'm glad it stuck with you, and I'm glad you're sharing it with others. Because some people just don't do what is right, do they? And I don't know why. Because inside, we know what is right most of the time. And if you honestly don't know what is right, find out. Ask somebody. Research. Determine what the right thing is. But most of the time, deep down inside, we know what is right. As Jeff mentioned, it's not always easy, but it is the right thing to do. And we need to have the discipline to make ourselves do the right thing, even if it's not the easy thing, even if it's not the convenient thing, even if it's not the thing we would like to do. I mean, heck, I could have taken the money out of that wallet. I don't know how much was in it, but it might have been enough to go buy my wife and I some nice stuff, right? But that's not the right thing to do. And I could have taken the money and stuck it in the machine so I don't like to gamble with my own money. I mean, I look around Las Vegas and all that stuff that was built in Las Vegas and it wasn't built by people winning, right? <laughs> so that's why I don't really put my money in the machines or gamble. But hey, if somebody else's money 
could have put it in a machine. Maybe I would have been that odd winner and could have won my wife and I a bunch of stuff, right? Sure. But that's not the right thing. And we know that. I knew that. I knew what the right thing to do was, and that's what I did. Now, sometimes, you know, it's not as simple as just turning in a wallet and not taking the money. I mean, that's pretty easy to do the right thing there. But hey, it doesn't matter. As Martin Luther King said, it's always the right time. So even those difficult things, we need to do it. So that's my soapbox today. Just wanted to share that quote because it's a great quote, great coffee mug. Had an opportunity to use it today. Didn't have an opportunity to use it last week. Good morning, Dixon. Thank you for joining us. Dixon says, more more folks need to purchase the book, Survive a Shooting, by some guy whose name escapes me at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's just about, you were reading my mind, Dixon, because... And I, yeah, that, that unnamed guy is me, of course. If you don't know that, I did write the book, Survive a Shooting, if you're new to this Coffee with Alan podcast. And, you know, it's pretty disturbing that this week, you know, we've already had two mass shootings in California. One with 11 people killed, the other with seven. They were a little unique in the fact that one of the killers was in his late 60s and the other in his early 70s, which is usually a little older than the common shooter, but we have had people that old before, just like we've had very young kids before and every age in between. So you can't really identify a certain age. Gonna stop and say hey to Randy. Thank you for joining us, Randy. Hope your travelers are going well. Um, So we had those two killings. We had a shooting yesterday at a school, but that was a targeted shooting. So we have to remember there is a difference between, you know, the definition of an active shooter, an individual that's going in just looking for a high body count and, you know, a targeted shooting where individuals are trying to kill specific people. And that's why we have to look at mass shootings. When you hear mass shootings, that's just a number of people killed, but it doesn't differentiate between an active shooter killing random people or possibly gang warfare where they're shooting each other down in inner you know, streets of some big city and a number of people get killed. So when you're looking at statistics and some of these things, we, we have to look at those too. Often it's pretty easy not to be involved in some of those targeted killings between gangs. Don't join a gang. Don't go where gangs are shooting each other pretty simple to avoid the shooting in those situations. But when we get to an active shooter that's going to a church, a Walmart, a mall, a hospital, a school, and killing random people, that's a little more difficult because it could happen just about anywhere because all of these locations I've named has happened, plus many more. So really there is no specific location that is immune or safe from a potential active shooter. So it can happen anywhere. And that's why we want to have a basic plan. You know, I wrote the book, Survive a Shooting, as a textbook on the topic. It's more than some people need, but I'd rather give you more than not enough. And so you can read the chapters that will help you formulate the plan that you need. And that plan may be how to harden a target 
how to keep your location more safe and not as attractive to an active shooter. The plan may be to get a kit and supplies and different things to help people if an active shooter shooting happens. Your plan for both an individual and a business should include what to do in the event. How can you escape it? How can you can den deny that shooter access to you to hurt you? How can you attack back and take him out? Okay, so those are your options. Which option you choose is going to be determined by where you are and the location of the shooter and your environment. So I can't always say escape first. You might not be in a location where you can escape. And perhaps locking down and denying that shooter access to you is the best course of action to keep you safe. You may be in a situation where the killer is right there and your best course of action is to attack back and take him out. So it's going to depend on you, location, and where the killer is, weapons of the killer. Okay? So having a general plan that gives you some knowledge of what to do in that situation is very prudent. You know, the book and my courses, I also talk about trauma aid. Having some basic trauma aid, knowing how to use a tourniquet, a pressure bandage, you know, how, how to keep somebody alive until the professionals get there if they are shot. You know, gunshot wounds do not always immediately kill people. Many people have lived through gunshot wounds. Mike Day lived through 27 of them. Okay? So people can live through gunshot wounds, but often they need immediate att medical attention to do so. Let's stop and say good morning, Jay. Appreciate you being here, Jay. Hope you're having a good morning as well. So having some knowledge and the tools, a tourniquet, a pressure bandage, a chest seal, you know, to keep somebody alive until the professionals get there and can take over, you know, that's another prudent thing. You know, I'm going to do a blog and some more about it in the future. But when I was walking through the Salt Lake City Airport the other day going to SHOT Show, you know, I noticed the bleeding control kits. They have them around the airport. Last time you were in the airport, did you notice any? Knowing where those are, knowing how to use the equipment that are in those kits can save lives. I personally, as I was walking through the airport, I had a SWAT T tourniquet on me. Uh, you know, so I, if I don't have room and stuff or in space for a cat tourniquet, which I usually have, you know, have those in my car and in different places, I'll at least have a SWAT T on me, you know, if I'm someplace like that and I don't have as much uh, information or much room to carry my kit. But a SWAT T is just your really basic, easiest tourniquet. You know, basically it's a big stretchy rubber band that you can wrap around the limb really tight, seal it tight, you know, and help stop the blood flow. You know, keep somebody alive until the professionals get there. I'm glad you're getting there, Jay. Um, so what do you do when the police show up? Because they're on their way. A shooting happens, the police are on their way. You know, when seconds count, the police are only minutes away. That's why you need to do something in those minutes until they get there. And that's nothing negative against them. That's just the nature of the job. They're coming. They're going to get there. What do you do? I don't want you to be an innocent casualty because you knocked that killer out. You picked up his firearm and you're not thinking about when the police show up and they think you're the killer, right? 
So, you know, we teach things in the book and in my courses so you can make sure that you're not an innocent victim and you can cooperate, give the law enforcement what they need. One of the biggest things they need is they need to see your hands open because hands are what hold weapons that kill people. So show them your open hands, okay? And then, you know, I teach ways where you can can place the firearm if you took it away from the bad guy so you can easily pick it up and use it if the bad guy becomes a threat again, but also how you can then walk away from it with your open hands and point it where the police then can take control of it, okay? If you happen to be a concealed weapons holder, I want you to be a responsible concealed weapons holder. If you use that weapon to stop an active shooter, I want you to then put it back in sealed, show your empty hands, let the law enforcement know that you're carrying a weapon, and follow all of their commands and do what you're told. Okay? Don't want any innocent people losing their lives. Okay? So those are some of the basic things that you need to have in your plan. Things you can do to prevent an active shooter. That's first and foremost. Ways you can harden a target. What you're going to do or what your organization people are going to do in an event, then how are you going to keep people alive? What are you going to do with the police start? If you're an organization, you also have to have in your plan, what are you going to do to get the organization function again? There's a lot of things that are going to need to be done, right? Taking care of people that are injured, you know, taking care of people that are traumatized, you know, a lot of things. So that has to be part of your plan too of who's going to do what to get the organization function again. And I cover all of that and more in my book, Survive a Shooting. So I thank uh, Dixon for answering that. And, you know, this stuff this weekend, and I I haven't even gone and read thoroughly on it. I just read the highlights because I've been catching up after being gone for a week. But this stuff this weekend just shows that it's needed now more than ever because these events keep happening. Okay, and I want to help people have a plan so they can be survivors, so they can enjoy life and not worry about these things happening. Because you worry less if you have a plan. If you have a plan and you know what to do in an incident, and and I can't guarantee everybody's survival, but I can guarantee if you have a plan, you're going to do better. And if you have a plan, you're going to feel better and you're going to be able to be less anxious about the world, and you can go out and enjoy the good stuff. Because even though these events are happening more frequently, they still are minimal compared to some of the other dangers out there. More people were killed last week in automobile accidents than active shooter incidents. Okay? I mean, we just had a person killed a couple miles from my house this uh, yesterday or the day before in an automobile accident, okay? So we, we want to be safe from active killers, yes. And that's why I wrote the book. That's why I teach the courses. But we got to remember that's minimal. You know, it, it's a small chance that that's going to happen. It's a greater chance that we're going to be in an automobile accident or something else. So that's why we wear our seatbelts. We drive cautiously. You know, we pay attention. We don't text and drive. And those things, too. It's all about doing the things to keep us safe so we can enjoy life. Jay says, big time. Thank you, Jay. Okay. So I did do want to share that today because, you know, those uh, killings are in the news. You know, I saw them this morning on the TV news um, when I was, you know, getting ready and stuff this morning. 
And I appreciate Dixon mentioning the book. It's available on Amazon, you know, your Kindle version, paper version. You can go to surviveashooting.com and find out about the courses. You can go to reflexprotect.com and find out about the courses because I teach the active shooter courses combined with the reflex protect courses so people can have a non-lethal tool inside schools, hospitals, and their businesses where they're not allowed to have firearms and still have something to defend themselves. And it's not just active shooters. You know, I say active killers because we have people with knives. We have people with clubs. We have other violence that happens in schools, hospitals, businesses. And the training prepares you for that violence too. And the Reflex Protect is for that violence too. You know, when people say, well, you're not going to take a defensive spray and chase down a killer. No, but it gives you a tool to ambush that killer if it gets through your barricade. And if you do remember out in Oregon at the college, there was that student, he stopped the killer with a shotgun with his pepper spray. I think Reflex Protect is better because indoors, the pepper spray is going to cross-contaminate, the Reflex Protect's not. But people have stopped people with firearms with defensive sprays. So it is a tool that increases the chance of you being a survivor. Again, I can't guarantee survivors, but I can guarantee that with the knowledge in the courses, in the books, and with some training, you can increase your chances of survival and increase the survival of those that you're with. Dixon says, thanks for all that you do to keep people safe. I appreciate that, Dixon. I'm doing my best to try to get the knowledge out with the trainings, with the books, with the writings, with the podcasts, with everything I do. Um, it's sad that it's needed. If people would just quit killing people, quit hurting people, I'd go back to teaching communication skills, which I still teach. And I think they're very important because we communicate with people every day. I would quit the rest and only teach communication if people would just quit killing each other and quit hurting each other. But since I don't see that happening in the foreseeable future, I'm going to keep doing everything I can to help people stay safe and be able to defend themselves if they have to. I just wanted to talk about that this morning. Um, I hope the information is valuable. If I can help you or your organization with active killer, active shooter response training, contact me. The book, again, is on Amazon. Get it. It's a textbook on the topic. Give you a ton of information to be better prepared. Now, before I go, people have been asking about Yellowstone because I've been an extra on the set for a number of years. It's a very popular TV show. Tomorrow, I am going to give some stories from the Yellowstone set. So if you're a Yellowstone fan, if you're a TV fan, a movie fan, you just want to have some behind the scenes of what's going on, be here tomorrow because we're going to talk a little bit about Yellowstone and some of my experiences on the set, some things that maybe you don't know go on on a television set, but we're going to have some fun discussing that. So until then, stay safe and we will see you tomorrow. Oh yeah, and one more thing. Remember, the time is always right to do what is right. Martin Luther King Jr.